so amazing love he has for me I cannot explain Emmanuel, please can you help me with the pulpit? Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Are you ready to pray your way into 2022? Come on, just for a minute. Just open up your mouth and speak in other tongues. Amen. Mandosa brandele meke de la mandala brosa kataya. Libra acabarunde zavando sabra ande. Limando sabrandele meke parandalama. Ramandalama kitei cabarando sabra andele me. Rimamandala bosa brandele be cabarandalama. Rica parandele be cabarandalama santa la baria. Ribaba cabarundalama santa lebe kebaya. Rica par. Dalama ki parandalama, rika zandala baria ka parandalama ki paradaya, raka parandalama ki pandalama ki paradusabra, raka tayandalama ki parandalamaya. Father, we bless you, we honor you. 
Praise and glory. We thank you, God, for your faithfulness. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your loving kindness. I pray today in the name of Jesus that as we get into your word, God, that you would speak to us and that your word will become alive in our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus that we will not be shaken today, but, Father, that we will stand strong, O God, not by anything that we have done, but because of your mercy and your grace. And we give you praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you turn your Bibles with me, uh, Delene, if I can have my Bible, please, to Obadiah chapter 1, verses 21. Amen. Obadiah chapter 1, verses 21. Obadiah is in the New Testament. Amen. Just behind Genesis. Just behind Genesis. Amen. Hey, I mustn't say that. Eh? <laughs> Obadiah chapter 1 verses 21. Amen. Are you excited to say goodbye to 2021? Amen. Amen. Some of us had a bad year. Amen. But because of the goodness of God and the grace of God, we're going to have a good year this year. 2022 is going to be a good year for you. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to pray shortly. Amen. We... It's now quarter past 11, so I will share shortly, and then we'll rise and we'll pray our way into 2022. But let me give you what the word of the Lord is for this year. I was praying, I think, um, I think it was when we were doing quiet time, and I was speaking to the Lord, and I was saying, God, December or the new year is closely approaching us. What are you saying for your church? And what is relevant for the church now that you want us to know and you want us to understand. And many of us understand because of COVID-19 and the pandemic and a whole lot of things that have happened throughout this year, it has shaken most of our faith. And most of us, it was basically like a, a draw factor of whether we are serving God or whether we are not serving God. COVID-19 really brought out Sometimes I would say some the worst in some people, and some it brought out the good in some people. But with that being said, with regards to what's happening around us and what we see that is taking place and going on, I am convinced of this one thing, and I'm convinced of this truth, is that the end time is drawing nearer then we think, and I know that most of us, when we hear about the end times or when we hear about the coming of the Lord, many people, even from the time of Catherine Kuhlman, they were speaking about the Lord is coming, get prepared. The Lord is coming, get prepared. But I, I don't want to sound as though it's like a cliche, but with much conviction and with much of what we see happening around us, I am convinced that the coming of the Lord is near. It might not be in my time I see the Lord coming. It might be that my children would see the Lord coming, but that's very near. You understand? It feels like my children won't die unless the, until the Lord comes. I see like this generation will see the Lord coming. Amen. That's how I feel. That's how close we are. Personally, this is my conviction. I'm not saying this is the scripture that I'm talking to you about. But my personal conviction is that I feel that the Lord is drawing near. 
And I feel that the coming of the Lord is near. And while the coming of the Lord is near, there are many people that are still sleeping. And there are many people that are still, how can I say, dead, that need to be awoken, that need to arise from their sleep. There are many people that are in a state of, I don't care, I live my life the way I want to live my life, and nobody can tell me nothing. There are many people that are living their lives as though Jesus is never ever going to come. And the Bible makes us understand very clearly in the scripture, and please I'm not talking about the return of Christ today, but the Bible makes us understand very clearly in the scripture that the coming of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. You, you understand that, right? The coming of the Lord will be like a thief in the night. Nobody knows when a thief is coming. You snoring and telling your sleepy nights, oh, mm, but somebody's in your house breaking in. So the Bible says the coming of the Lord will be like that. So we have to live our lives as though the Lord is coming tomorrow. As though the Lord is what? Coming tomorrow. When we were doing an opening in the barracks, man, my heart was so, I think I shared it last week. My heart was so that while we were preaching the gospel and while we were ministering, people were not even concerned about the gospel like the days of Noah. When Noah warned them and he told them that there's a flood, God is going to wipe away the earth through the water, they continued to do what they were doing, even though the warning was sent out. And this is what was happening when we were in, in the barracks. We were preaching and preaching, but they continued to party, they continued to drink, they continued, while we were preaching... And it let me understand something that truly this speaks of the end times and, and how God is slowly approaching, or how God is coming. And the question really is that as much as for 2022, and I know many ministers out there and many pastors, good pastors and, and good men of God are going to announce to their churches like I am doing now. Some of them have already announced to their churches. What is the word of the Lord for 2021? And some of them will have it's a year of divine breakthrough, a year of divine turnaround. It's a year of divine increase, a year of this and, and a year of that and a year of that. And as many a times we would hear that this is going to be a year of divine breakthrough, and this is going to be a year of a financial increase. Most of the times, we think that these things happen just by declaring it. We think that these things happen just by, because the pastor said that it's going to be a year of increase. And truly then, maybe it will be a year of increase for us. And then in 2021, you heard that it will be a year of increase. And now we enter in 2022 and you saw nothing increase in your life. But they told you that it's going to be a year of increase. So I'm not here to come and lie to you. And I don't want to make you, I don't want us to, to say what the next year is going to be because it sounds right. I'm not looking at what sounds right, but we were in prayer and I want you to understand this. And, and the word that the Lord gave me is something that is so important. Uh, it's not because it sounds right but because it's what God wants us to do. You see, whenever, whenever pastors announce the year, it's always what, what God's doing for us. What God's doing for us. Even when we fast, 
It's like 21 days of fasting. What do you want from God when you are fasting? 2022, you must be thinking, what do you want God to do for you? But throughout your life, you never even come to God and say, God, what do you want me to do for you? What can I do for you? Am I in your perfect will? What can I do to adjust my life so that I can be pleasing to you? The Bible talks about Paul and him says that I rather please God than man. But most of the times when we hear these words, hey, is it possible, Idris? Huh? Bless you, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> Good the master. I never see you, sir. Bless you. So most of the times throughout the year, we, we hear this, what can I, what can God do for me? And most of our Christianity is based on what can God do for me? And some of you even got saved under that notion that when you come to God, you're going to get a house. When you come to God, you're going to get a car. When you come to God, everything's going to work out for you. That's a bad idea of your salvation. So your understanding of what God can do is bad, terrible. So when those things don't come in your life, when storms happen in your life, the first thing that you do is backslide. Because you're like, ah, God, I thought when I get saved that blessing is going to come. I thought that favor is going to come. I thought I'm going to get the miracle. And then the miracle don't come. Then you're like, because you got saved thinking, come to God, you're going to get a house. Come to God, you're going to get a car. Who told you that? That's a lie. Whoever preached that? Let them be a curse, as Paul says. Is anybody come and present a gospel to you that, that is not the one that I preach? He says, let them be a curse. And the gospel that Paul preached wasn't a gospel of fairy tales and, and nice things, Brother Dennis. Pastor Lauren, how are you doing? Good, good, good. It wasn't a gospel of nice things. The gospel that Paul preached was a gospel of suffering, losing, dying. But most of the times when we want to, we want, and this is most of us, we came to hear, hey, what the Lord's going to do for me this year? What God's going to, what, what's, what's going to turn around in my favor this year, am I right? How is things going to adjust so that I can align myself, so that the rain and the glory can come? You get it, and, and it's not something that's, bad in its, in, in its sense. It's okay to want that. However, though, throughout your life, you've always been wanting things from God, but never ever say, God, what can I do for you? And that's the sad reality of where the church is, is that we always want stuff from God, but not, Lord, here's my life, I'll offer it to you. So even to the point where God wants something from you, you can't give God anything. He wants your man and you tell him, oh, not my man. You can have everything else, but not my man. Not that girl, Lord. Have every, but that girl, don't touch her. So we're okay to give God some parts of our lives. And 2022, God is not saying, I want to get something to you. But I want to give you a secret, right? He's not saying, I want to get something to you. He's saying, what will you do for me? What will you do for me? What will you do for me? What... What have you done for God? Let me just ask you this question, just by the way. What have you done for God in 2021? Just think about it. Think about it. How many souls have you won in 2021? Think about it. How many people you told about Christ in 2021? But pastor, I'm, I'm, I'm in line for the blessing. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. When I sit down, I'm blessed. Whatever, wherever I go, I'm blessed. Speak about that. I'll be comfortable with that kind of a message for 2022. I'll be happy to say that in 
wherever I am, promotion is coming. And most of the times, what we do when it comes to the almost the ending, the time is near, we get out a piece of paper and we do prophetic declaration for 2021, for 2022. I got no prophetic declaration for 2022. Kid you not, I don't. I'm not lying to you guys. <laughs> I really am not lying to you. I got no prophetic declaration. For, I, I'm not going to say to you that in 2022 promotion will come, but you're lazy. Can't do that. Because what I'll be doing, I'll be presenting to you something that is false. I can't come and tell you that in 2022 all things is going to be added unto you, but you haven't sought the Lord. So I want to try and balance it out tonight for you, but I want to try and make it so real. You see, the secret of true prosperity is not in the amount of money that you give. And most of us have that idea that, yes, it's true that when we give, the Bible says God will give back to us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. God will pour and cause, Bible says he'll cause men to give into to us. Yes, it's true that there's certain principles in the scripture that if we apply them, it will work. But most of us have been given. How many of us can say that 2021, we have been given, but we haven't seen nothing yet? Right? We have been sowing, but we haven't seen nothing yet. Because the secret is not because you sow with the mindset that you are going to prosper. Your motive for sowing is the wrong motive. But the scripture is very clear in Matthew 6, 33. Is seek him first. So the secret of getting the things added unto you is in seeking him. But you haven't sought him and you expect things to be added unto you. But the Bible, remember the scripture says in Deuteronomy, when you enter into the hand, the land of milk and the land of milk and honey, remember what? Remember it was the Lord that gave you what? The ability. When you eat the good, the fat of the land, remember that it was the Lord that gave you the ability. To get this wealth, it was the Lord. So prosperity is where wrapped up in Him. I've heard, I've heard many, I've heard many, uh, I've heard many people say that prayer is not going to get you. Prayer is not going to get you your house, or prayer is not going to get you a car, or prayer is not going to get you your suit, or whatever the case may be. I, I, I testify differently of that. He says, "Call unto me." and I will answer you. Seek me, and I'll add those things. He says, you take care of the lilies of the valleys. How much more you? Will your father not want to give good things to you? So I'm just flipping this whole thing tonight. Is that okay? Amen. Are you in Obadiah chapter 121? We've got a few minutes left. Please can I have some water or something, amen. Obadiah 121. And Savior shall come up on Mount Zion. Mount Zion stands for the church. To judge the mounts of Isu, and the kingdom shall be the Lord's. And the Bible says, and saviors shall come up out of the church. Saviors, deliverers. Another, other versions of the Bible talks about deliverers will come out of the church. 
And this is what I want to talk to you today about. I know the scripture makes us understand in Luke chapter 2, verses 11, that Jesus is the Savior of the world, right? How many of us believe that? He is the Savior of the world. But it's also important to understand that He has made you a Savior of men as well. I'm going to say that again. God has made you and me Saviors of men. The Bible talks about it. He says that God has given us the ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling men back to God. So it means that God has given us the ability to save men that are lost and bring them to a place that God wants them to be. Jesus is the Savior of the world. We can never ever take that away from Him. More than anything else, Jesus Christ died. He shed His blood. He, he sacrificed. However, when He had died, He gave us a message to speak about Him, to tell the world about Him, to proclaim His name throughout the world, to tell everybody about Him that His death wasn't in vain, Brother Emmanuel, that the blood that He shed on the cross was not something that needs to be kept secret. It was something that needed to be mentioned. People needed to know about it. And how do we know this here? In the book of Matthew chapter 28, the Bible talks about the great commission now i know in 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 scripture there's no basis for that so where the scripture doesn't say that okay this is the great commission but this was the lost words of jesus christ these were basically the lost words of jesus before we had to go to the father are you following what i'm trying to say right so it means that Somebody's lost words when they are about to leave is more important for somebody than what that person has been saying throughout their lives. You know, when you have somebody around you, Lyle, it's easy just to talk to them and tell them about, and they get comfortable with you. But when you are almost dying, when you are taking your lost breath, everybody wants to know, what is Janice going to say at this time? Because what Janice would say at the time of a death or at the time of a closure or at the time of a passing is more important than all the other things that she's been saying while she was alive. Because it carries much weight. And Jesus Christ gave his last words. And the last words are more important than the first words. I'm, I'm going to explain something, right? There was a pastor that died years ago. Uh, and before he died, he called, he was very sick, he called his son, and he said, come here boy, and he started to tell the son every single thing that he ever wanted, so the family was preparing his, his funeral, and they were going to have this big to-do, and all that, so they came together, and they were discussing how they were going to make this big funeral for this pastor, because he was a great man of God, and when they were planning, the son comes and the son says, my father, before he passed away, he called me into a room and he told me that I must record his last words. And he recorded the last words. And in his last words, he says that, don't do nothing with my body. Don't bury me. Don't, don't have a prayer meeting for me. Don't do nothing. Take my body to my pastor take my body to my church and whatever they decide to do you guys must do 
Those were his last words. Now imagine, Lyle, as a family, how you feel now you're going to take Brother Vincent, your uncle, and you're going to hand him over to the church. And they are fight, and his, his burial is in their hands, and you've got no decision on that. But because these were his last wishes, and these were his last words, they made sure that they carried out to the tea. So they went to the church, and they handed him over to the church. Why? Because his last words were very important for him. I was watching, I was watching a movie. What's that movie you, you told me about? Um, something life, one year to live. One, one year, yeah, one year to live. This girl, she got cancer, and she's, a, she's going to die. I'm sure you've watched it. But she, this boy would say to this girl, I love you. I think a couple of few days in the relationship, month, not a month in the relationship, I love you, and she would get angry. And for all the time they got married, engaged, she never even say, I love you. But it was a lost moment when she was dying, Colleen. And she closed, I said, I forgot what he called her. He called him. And she said, Square, Square, I love you so much. That was affirmation. That was comfort for him. It's like brought closure in his life. It made him feel so great. What am I trying to say to you? That is his lost words that were important for that person. And Jesus Christ himself, as much as he died and, and much happened to him, he was crucified and they handed him over. He died a wicked death. He wasn't supposed to die the way he did. These, he died unjustly because he was an innocent man, Ramon, but he died but he had lost words for the church before he died. But it seems like the church has forgotten the lost words of Jesus Christ or the words of Jesus before he had to leave. The church has lost it. And the church has been focusing on everything else, but not really on what he has commissioned and what he has called us to do. So those words, Ramon, is like something that we put at the back of our mind because we focus on everything else. And God is saying and God is calling us to go back to what he was saying before he had to leave the earth. Go back to his lost words. Go back to those promises. I understand that I heal the sick and you got a healing ministry, it's good. I understand that I, I cast out demons and you got a deliverance ministry, it's good. I understand that I provided money out of a fish and you got a, a ministry where you can call money and money will come. I understand that those things are good. But there's lost things that I've said to you before I had to leave. Remember those words. Remember those words. And it's wrapped up in Matthew chapter 28. Are you ready to go there? Amen. I think I don't have a lot of time. Okay, I still do. Let's look at verses 18. Now, you see, you must understand something. Then whenever we talk about telling people about Jesus, do you know, do you know, and, and honestly, do you know that 
Without the preaching of the gospel, people can't be saved. I know we, we, we quote, we quote I, forgot, I forgot this guy's name, I think it was Oswald. He says that uh, your life must be a testimony. And if so, use less words. I, I forgot that quote. You, you know what I'm talking about, right? It says use less words. But that's not according to the scripture. As much as your life can be a testimony, whoever got saved because they saw your life. How many people did you win to the Lord because you were coming to church and you were serving God and you never tell anybody? How many people, just by your life, can you can tell me that there are at least 10 people that got saved just because you got saved? Just because you come into church, just because you serve in the Lord, the people got saved. How many of us can really say that they were, there's that? So, use words when necessary. Make sure that words are used always when it comes to telling somebody about Jesus Christ. Don't just say, oh no, they must read, they must see in my life. And most of us, that's the excuse, that's why we can't minister to our families. Oh no, our families must see the change. And let your mother and your father say, if you can just tell me. Use words when necessary. And most of the times it's always necessary to use words. You always have to use words whenever you are going. And the Bible makes us understand in Romans that the Bible says, how can they believe if nobody tells them? So it means that we have to tell them in order for them to do what? In order for them to believe. I remember when I was in school, Shanice, we would have that thing called, we would call some people, Brother Emmanuel, undercover Christians. You know what's an undercover Christian? You're saved in church only. You're saved only when you come to the house of God. But outside of the house of God, you've got no salvation. Maybe we said last night that most of us, we can't stand or we're not saved. Only saved when we're in church. Outside of church, we're not saved. Nobody even knows we're saved. It's a sad reality, right? Why? Because we're undercover. You know why you're undercover? Because there's things that you're doing that you know that you're not supposed to do so, and your neighbor knows that you, but you're undercover. <laughs> your neighbor knows that you're twerking and listening to I'm a piano. So you don't really just say it, you know. You only say it when you come to church. Because they know that now even when you leave, it's happening. <laughs> so you only say it when you come to church. So it's important for us to use words and to speak and to preach because most, most people, and there are untapped areas that we have not yet reached, and the only time we were going to be able to reach them is when we preach and when we tell them. Idle net, they won't be saved. This year coming, 2022, I have a desire to plant two more churches. One in Mirabank, we said it last year, that we're going to plant a church in Mirabank. And then we said it again, and, and the Lord impressed it on my heart. I was talking to somebody, uh, Dr. Pastor Arnold Mendez's wife, uh, and I was talking to her, and I was saying, what about Claywood? I feel like Claywood needs the gospel. I feel like Clearwood's an area that needs to be reached. We haven't done outreach there. We haven't done open airs there. But I feel like it's a place that where we need to go. So how, how, can we, how can they be saved unless somebody tells them? So we have a responsibility to do what? To tell them. Back to the words of Jesus Christ in Matthew chapter 28. 
Matthew chapter 28, the scripture makes us understand in verses 18. The Bible says, then, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. Now, I want you to understand something. Most people feel that even that scripture there, it's, it was a command that was given to the disciples. And that's why you hear some pastors or some ministers even say that we are not all called to win souls. Hey! 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 I remember preaching, my wife, I was in Joburg preaching. The pastor says, no, you go and win souls. We're not all called. Me, I'm a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. Hey! Since when is, is winning souls only for the evangelist? Since when reconciling men to God? The Bible says God has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning reconciling men back to God. You don't have to be an evangelist to win a soul. You don't have to hold a mic like how I'm holding a mic to win a soul. You don't have to, but you have been given the commission and the responsibility to go out and to win souls. Now, maybe you think that that scripture is not good enough for you, right? You feel like, hey, pastor, I don't see what you are saying in this verse. I don't understand it. When you go to the book of Acts chapter 1, Jesus Christ, he dies, he resurrects, he goes to the Father. And, and in, in, in Acts, sorry, when you look at the book of Acts, he says to them, wait for the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, you shall receive power. And when that power comes, guess what he'll do? He'll make you a witness, Antonio. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's not to do drama in the church. And that's where most of us miss it. Because we like the drama. We think the Holy Spirit comes for drama. As for the prophetic and as for deliverance and stuff. These things are so, supposed to be normal in the church. However, the Holy Spirit's coming wasn't for the drama and the deliverance and the prophetic. The Holy Spirit was coming so that we could be witnesses. Witnesses to tell. So the question that I have for you again for 2021. And you're about to enter into 2022. What will you do for the Lord? So the last words of Jesus was to go out and to preach the gospel. To go out and to minister. And we're going to be preaching about this for a very long time. Because the word that the Lord gave me for 2022 was that this year is going to be our year. I'm talking about JCMI. I'm not talking about the church at large. This year for JCMI because every year the Lord gives us something. We make sure that we put it into practice. We don't, just, we don't just say, last year was a year of what? Intense prayer. How many, how, how, how many of us can say we prayed this last year? Five hours, five hours a day. Five hours a day. Some of us, it was seven hours a day. We were praying because why? When the Lord speaks, and how many of us you can feel in your life, your spiritual life, that your life has grown because of the amount of times you prayed, the quiet times you had with the Lord. Because we said, we said earlier that you can never expect to grow if you don't have a quiet time with God. Oh, you'll be dry. We see it too often in the church of God. People standing without a quiet time with the Lord and just like lecturers just teaching you stuff. But we don't want, not us. So the Lord gave me the word for 2022. Did I give it to you yet? No. The Lord gave me the word that this is going to be our year. You ready for it? It's going to be our year. Tell somebody breakthrough. No, <laughs> not breakthrough. But this is going to be our year of soul winning. Yeah. 
kid you not. This year is up. I'm telling you as well, as a church, JCMI, whatever the Lord is saying to you personally, tell yourself it's going to be a year for your breakthrough. But as a church, this is going to be our year of winning souls. And the Lord showed me, Brother Dennis, 2022. In this year, we want to see 2,022 people coming to the Lord. That's the vision. Oh, so wasn't it exciting, right? 2,022 people coming to the Lord. I kid you not. Oh, you think it's impossible. You think it's... In, you must check the yearly planner. If this work that we're going to do, we're going to do it for the Lord. 2022, we're working for the Lord. 2022, we're going, going all out for souls. Let me tell you something. How many of us want JCMI to grow? To show me here. Oh, you think it's just by me coming here Sunday and preaching. and doesn't happen like that. Never happens like that. JCMI can never grow like that. The only one key that I can tell you that grows a church, and any pastor they might be able to tell you that, it's through winning souls. Because in a church, people change all the time. Remember I said it last time? You'll see, you'll see church like this now. One time you'll see church empty. Where is that person? And then what happens? We fight for that person to return. Why? Because we're not winning souls. But when we're winning souls, people are always being added to the house of God. They always come in. They always come in. Why? Because we are always winning souls. But most of the times, what happens in some churches, when one person leaves the church, hey, the pastor is miserable. He's sick. I mean, he gets sick. Lord, how is, why, why? They like, and they go and they fight, especially if that person pays tithes or, or that person gives. They go like, why? Why? What did we do wrong? What happened? Can we change things? And stuff like that. You get what I'm saying? Wait, you understand what I'm saying? So even Maurice understands there was somebody, there's somebody that left and this person was an okay, was an okay person. I said, why are you leaving? The person told me, hey, I'm leaving because of this. I was like, oh, okay. Up until today, I said, come. If you're leaving and, and the Lord is saying that you must go, come, I'll pray for you and I'll release a blessing over your life so that you can go nicely and God will prepare a way for you. And so up until now, that person never come in and never come and pray. But up until now, I never called the person to come back. Even though that person pays tithes and gives. I kid you not. Because I'm not often no one's money here. Kid you not, I'm here to do the work of God. We're here to win souls. Our mandate is to win souls. When the Lord blesses us and the Lord releases money in the church, it's only to extend what we are currently doing. That's it. We were saying it last time. We said, if we had the amount of resources we could have had, we would do much more than we did for the Lord. But sometimes resources... So Lord, and limits us from doing more stuff for God. But if we had all the resources, but we work with what we have, and God begins, and God adds to what we have. But if we had more resources, we would add more and do more and do more and do more. I said that we would do 10 open ears, Magdalene, 10 in a day. We only do five now. But if we had the resources, more equipment, 
We'll say to Ramon, while we're here, you go start up there in the next area. Brother Emmanuel, while we're here, you go start up in the next area. So what we do, we preach here. We go to another one, we preach there. We preach there until they've heard the gospel. So next year is our year of winning souls. I mean, it's our year of winning souls. See, oh, Fred Gordon is sharp. Our year of soul winning. There will be no one in this church that will not be able to win a soul. Can we rise to our feet? Amen. We got at least nine more minutes before the, the countdown. Amen. Nine minutes. 2022 will be your year of soul winning. You will say, but pastor, I can't speak. Pastor, what will I say? Don't worry. In this year, we will train you how to do it. You will win souls in Jesus' name. Candace, I see you winning souls. I see you bringing a hundred people to Christ in the name of Jesus. See it, guys. 2,022 souls. It means that in this year, we will not be in this church this year. Oh. I said we will not be in this church this year. Come, Pastor Idris, when you come, you will say, where's the church that was there? Oh, we have gone. 2022, we said 2,222 people coming to Christ. Now listen to this here. People that are coming to Christ, Christ that we do a proper follow-up and make sure that they are established. Not 2,022 because we have number. That's what most of the churches do. I remember when I was in, in the church, Every year they would stand and they would say, in this month we won 250 people for Christ. Ah, where's the 250 people? Uh-huh. You, you get what I'm saying? It, they need to be established. That's why the evangelist brings them in and the pastor shepherds. Hallelujah. Amen. But check this out right before we go. I think it is... The guy for the Salvation Army, what's his name? Hey, I forgot his name. But anyway, he wrote a letter to all his missionaries. And in this letter, they were to read this letter out aloud. And they were very concerned because this man was very powerful of the Methodist Church. I forgot his name. Very powerful man of God. Did many mighty things for the Lord. And they were eager to know. And the message was going abroad and it was going to be read. And they were eager to know what he was going to say to them. As you know, as, as a leader, what, what instruction are you giving us? And all he wrote in that letter was simple, others. They opened the letter and they saw others. And this is the same mindset that you must have for 2022, others. The Bible says, let the mind of Christ be the mind that is in you in Philippians. What was on the mind of Christ? The mind of Christ was on others as well. So I want us to pray now. I know that you want many blessings from God. I know that you want many miracles from God. I know that you want favor from God. I know that you want promotion from God. The Bible says, he that wins a soul is wise. The Bible makes us understand, he that wins a soul will shine bright like the stars. So this year, as much as I'm saying it's soul winning, I see you shining bright like a star. 
And this year, as much as we are saying we are soul winning, I see you becoming wise. This year, as much as we are soul winning, because you are soul winning, God is going to add everything to your life. I declare that you will never lack a day in your life. I declare over your life that God's abundance, not because of anything, but because you have decided and you will make a decision. As for 2022, my focus is on soul winning. I'll reach my neighbor. I'll reach my community. I'll reach my family and watch what God will do in your life. While everybody is waiting for favor and rain and promotion, you are on the quest and saying, God, I'm going out and I'm winning souls and watch God move in your life and watch God do things. When you align yourself to the will of God, when you align yourself to the plan of God and the purpose of God for your life, get ready to see what God will do in your life. Get ready to see what God will do in your family. Open up your mouth right now for these few minutes and say, God, make me a soul winner. Make me a soul winner. I want to be a soul winner. 2022. And tell God how many people you want to bring to the Lord. Lord, I want to bring a hundred people this year. I want to bring 200 people this year. Lord, make me a soul winner. I'm about to step out of 2021 and I'm about to step into 22 as a church of God. Lord, make us soul winners. Uh, as a person, God, make me a soul winner. Let me win my generation for you. Let me win as many people. I'll not take my core with me to heaven. I'll not take my wealth with me to heaven. I'll not take my house with me to heaven. I'll not take children with me to heaven. But all I'm taking is souls, uh, the souls of men. When I get to heaven, when I stand before the Lord, I must hear the words, well done, my good and faithful servant. May this year for even JCMI be a year of winning souls. May I not be afraid. I'll use an akazo on them. Anything that holds me back, anything that causes me to fear, to be unable to reach that broken person, unable to reach that drug addict, unable to reach that prostitute, unable to reach the one that is lost God. I release myself from all fear. And this year, God, it's not what you are going to do for me, but what it I am going to do for you. It's not what I can get from you, God, but what is I can do for you? Ah, like Reynard Bonke said, I'll make sure that I'll, I'll populate heaven with souls. May you win souls this year. In the name of Jesus, I break and I destroy every power of the enemy that tells you that you can't do it. Come on, we got three more minutes to pray. This year I make a promise. This year I make a decision. This year I make a commitment. God, what it is that you want me to do? This year I make a commitment, God. This year I put my life on the line and I say, God, wherever you're going to send me, I'll go. This year will be the year, God. Wherever you call us to preach, we will preach. Uh, we'll be ready in season and out of season. We'll be ready when the situation calls us to be ready and when the situation doesn't call us to be ready. We'll 
go into places uh, that nobody wants to go. Uh, we'll go find the drug addict. Uh, we'll go find uh, the gangster. We'll go find the uh, homosexual. Uh, we'll find them, God. Uh, we'll reach them. Uh, this year is the year of winning souls. Uh, this year is the year of reaching the lost. Uh, this year is the year of reconciling men back to God. This year we'll go all out. Uh, we'll preach on the streets until we tired. We'll hold crusades. Uh, we'll hold tent meetings. Uh, we'll hold open air crusades. Uh, uh, crusades, weekends, uh, weekly crusades. Uh, As you win a soul, uh, you'll shine bright, 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 uh, bright, 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 bright. Uh, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. We're almost at the countdown. Hallelujah. We are getting ready to cross over. Hallelujah. We are getting ready to move forward. Amen. Fred, even if you put a countdown on there, and even if we count down from, even if it's from five, it's fine. In the name of Jesus. Labro Sakadaya. Come and help you. Libra Kotoya. Libra Adosa Brandele Mekata. Libra Adosa hallelujah once it gets to to one minute amen when it gets to 59 we can just count hallelujah let's count 58 57 56 55 in the name of Jesus we are crossing over we are crossing over nine Happy New Year! Hallelujah! Go around and give somebody a high five and tell them Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Hallelujah! Happy New Year! Happy New Year!